It's happening again. Welcome to Work Cookie, a CBOT podcast. As we broadcast around the world, get bite-sized morsels and tidbits from our industrial organizational psychologists, other experts, and the latest research on the workplace to boost your organization's effectiveness. Sign up now at seabock.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from our experts. Don't forget to check out our corporate career boost recruiter, and even student memberships at cbock.com. Welcome back to Work Cookie. This is Dr. Jeremy Lokobal. I'm an industrial organizational psychology consultant and critical conversations and negotiations coach. In addition to CBOC that you just heard, you can also visit my website at turnboot.com. That's turnboot.com. Welcome. Today with us, we have again, Sarah Lindsay, Director of Taglin Events and also co-founder of Future Work. Did I get that right? That is it. Future O-Work. Yep. Future O-Work. How are you today? Uh, very well over in Ireland. It is, uh, I think the last time we spoke, it was probably cold and gray. It's now clammy and still gray, but we're doing well. And you? Uh, doing well. So over here in Pennsylvania, we have these, uh, the cicadas, these 17 year cicadas are coming out. So we're about 70, 80, even 90 degree weather these past couple of weeks. And these cicadas, they come up from the ground and they just swarm everywhere. Uh, but it's, it's pretty isolated. So you might even drive five miles away and then you hear all the, this noise of, of the cicadas and they yeah. are here for about a month and then they die and then they go back in the ground for another 17 years. So that's it's actually weather related because uh, it has shown up in Virginia on the weather map because there are so many of them. It actually shows as a weather pattern. How weird is that? Oh, that is bizarre. Now, if you were having a barbecue outside, do they come near you or do they just like they just fly around? They're harmless. Some people uh-huh. eat them. They fly around. They don't do any damage to crops. Uh, they don't bite. They're just oh. here. They're like the shrimp of the land. Oh, okay, okay. That's um, that's all. that is crazy though. Like to think that their life cycle is seventy every seventeen years. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many people would like to crawl underneath the ground for seventeen years. Well, I, I maybe have <laughs> seventeen months of lockdown. Maybe. <laughs> Speaking of, so I was, I was thinking we were talking about uh, when we were discussing what what topic to discuss are people here's my question are people getting tired because you know we, we naturally we talk about remote work and best practices and then we take other best practices that are known and we we tear them apart you know is this really a best practice here's my question are people getting tired of hearing about remote work remote work remote work or are they thirsty for more knowledge and more insight what do you think uh, good question. I think they're probably ready for the action part of it um, in a way. Um, and I think they probably want some sort of schedule, stability, routine. I mean, we're, there's talk here of going back into lockdown four, which I think will just, uh, uh, I think it'll put a nail in the coffin of society if we go back into another lockdown. Um, so I think if we were to remove COVID from the remote working discussion in Ireland uh, it would probably be a a lot more positive I think everybody now sort of relates 
remote working to lockdown and they haven't separated the two. So there's probably a little bit of negative energy or thought processes with it. Um, now, that being said, the government have said offices are to open more than likely September, maybe August. And people are nervous as well about going back. They don't want to go back, um, you know, because they don't get to put the washing on and work at the same time. So it's uh, a, a mixed one. Uh, what do you think? So after uh, I'll, I'll answer that with a, with a question. So after, oh, my gosh, has it been oh, about a year and a half, year and three months now? So we're done. So you're saying we're done talking. Let's actually say, finally, here are the practices. Here's what people should be doing. We've got enough data out. We've got enough surveys. Now it's time for people to start acting. Uh, and as we get back to work, people that are leading these companies should be able to say, boom, we've seen this. This is a best practice. Uh, and Or we're going to find one that's specific to our industry and workplace and we're going to do it. We're going to hit the ground running. Employees are going to be happy, productive. Let's go. You're saying it's time for that. I feel it's time for that. I think it's, we we landed in it. I suppose COVID accelerated it by what, about five to 10 years, they say. Um, and I think we are where we are. I think the data is there. It's based on the extreme. So, you know, it's, can it get any worse than it was? Were people unprepared for it? Of course they were. Have they learned from it all? Hopefully. I think it's time to get structure in place, get um, teams ready, get managers geared up, supported. I think probably it's the support factor for the leaders in the industry that is probably most important so that they can get the teams being productive, making money, hitting targets and feeling happy and safe in their jobs. If you could know, and to our audience, we're just free flowing this morning. So if you could, if you could find out anything, if you could have a poll question and you, you put it out there, if you could know, get into the heads of the average everyday person who is struggling with this remote versus do I go back versus do I put and dig my heels in and say, I, I want to keep working remote. What would you want to know? And to give you just a couple seconds to think, if you're listening and you have an answer to this, or if you have something, a question that's burning, 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 you can send an email to hello at cbock.com or go to cbock.com and fill out the contact form. And we will find an answer for you and we will put it on a podcast. Sarah, what would you want to know? That's a good one. I think I'd want to know what the biggest bugbearer is for guys out there. So is it that, you know, Friday morning coffee with the boss where you can't, you know, you to appear but you don't want to be there? Is that a waste of your time? Um, you know, just get iron out the nickels. I think, you know, doing a bit of research, you could iron out the nickels and just eliminate what really bugs people um, is what I would like to know. Now, will they be honest in the poll? Maybe if it's anonymous. So there's a, there's an article this past week, you know, the pros and cons of remote work and saying that we need more interaction, more interaction, more interaction, more communication. So something that I, I keep thinking about, does it make sense? So in, in corporate, you know, most, most corporate meetings, it's just an automatic schedule for an hour. And I've got this theory, which isn't really a theory, but if we take, you know, your average organization, let's say, I don't know, 3000 people, 5000 people. 
and every single meeting just automatically gets cut back to 45 minutes. I mean, we do the math. I mean, you're saving, you know, countless of hours of manpower every year. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands of hours of manpower. Does it make sense? So if we're looking for what's more important here in the remote workspace, is it, so we look at the frequency, how often these meetings happen, and then the duration of the meeting. So is it half hour, 45 minutes, an hour? And then uh, we can look at an intensity too, which I think would be really how the meetings run and how efficient it is. But if we're, should we go back? Should we uh, tailor back, shave back, I should say, meetings to just be standard if it's remote work? Should companies consider, look, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, just if we're going to have more frequent communication, does it make sense to be more efficient, uh, help out with keeping and refraining from Zoom fatigue and just make them solid half hour meetings instead of 45 natural one hour meetings? Uh, well, yes, I agree. And I'll give you a, a good example. Last week I had was on with a client and there's one girl and every time we have met on the hour, she's like, I got to go to the next meeting. I got to go to the next meeting. got to go to the next meeting. And it is so like, it's so frustrating when we're middle of a project and I need, we need more time and everybody else is on for longer. But I think their corporate culture is wrong because they just they put in a full hour. Nobody has time to powder your nose, grab a cup of tea. You know, um, in Ireland, we drink more tea than you guys. But uh, and she's completely stressed out and like worn out. Whereas I think if even if she was on for half an hour on a, the online meeting and was off half an hour to catch up with email or to, you know, do some work that she needs to do. Instead, she spends eight hours on Zoom meetings all day and then has to do work afterwards i think that company i think is a prime example of abusing the the zoom like function so there's power in in checklists um there's a book what is it called the checklist manifesto i can't remember i should remember that there's power in checklists so does it make sense to kind of like self-check questions when you're, you know, when you're out shopping, if you've read any of these books on minimalism, keeping a tidy house before you buy something, you ask, uh, does it add necessary value? Uh, do I need it? Does it add necessary function? And then the third question is, how hard will it be to get rid of it? So those are nice self-check questions that can save you money and also keep a decluttered house. But does it make sense to create self-check questions for, hey, is this meeting important enough? Where we ask, you know, are there questions that companies should come up with, even if it's four or five um, that, you know, if they're, if they don't get, you know, if there's five questions and they don't, aren't able to check off three, then they don't have the meeting. Does that seem like something that might work? Yeah, it could work. And it could be, I, again, I probably think the managers need better training and ability to say, this is not necessary when they look at the agenda. Um, you know, and I think there's, if you have your, your checklist or you have your agenda and do a sense check on us, um, I don't know, talking about the house clutter, uh, you, I'm sure the craze over there with Marie Kondo was over there. And, you know, you pick up an item of clothing and you go, does this spark joy? No, throw it out. If it sparks joy, you keep it. So I think if, um, if we were leading more effectively, um, we would probably be sparking a bit more joy in our meetings. And I think that... Uh, and maybe it's a thought, maybe people feel that they need to be logging in on Zoom and that they need to be in there all the time, whereas the reality is they don't. Um, so, yeah, I would agree. Either better agenda management or a checklist or somebody has the, 
uh, well, the balls to turn around and say, no, this is not necessary. We don't need this meeting. You'd all be better to work on the, the pitch presentation for next week than rehashing out the same thing. So managers might be, you spark a couple of thoughts there in order to, because what do you want? You know, do I have to be on this meeting? So if, if managers were to give people very specific roles within meetings, that would A, keep them alert and awake, B, give them a purpose for the meeting and especially give them a purpose knowing that, yes, it's a meeting that they should be at. And what I mean by this is if, if I'm a manager, do I have someone let's say I'm a manager leading a team of five people. So it's six, including me, five people. And I say, okay, you know, person A is going to help with the check. It is going to be the checklist person and they can volunteer if they like checklists, they're the checklist person. And they help me as the manager decide whether or not this call for meeting meets the, the criteria. And if anyone else wants to call a meeting, they're the checklist person. So that way everyone knows going forward okay uh it met the requirements for the for the self-check questions you know is it urgent or is it important or does it have to do with um our upcoming budget whatever it may be and it meets those requirements and then you have a a time you know a timekeeper right (laughs) so because how many people will say yes we're moving to 30 minute meetings and everyone shakes their head and says yeah right we're not going to stick to a 30 uh, a 30 minute meeting so maybe a timekeeper. And if anyone um, has ever been in the, in the audience or even you, Sarah, Toastmasters, I've been in a couple of toast, different Toastmasters organizations and they are very, very, very efficient at meetings. So kind of, kind of taking from their agenda and from their timekeeping, but assign you know, very specific roles that can help to not only determine whether or not a meeting is important, but also make sure that an agenda is followed and the timekeeping is kept, therefore everyone, most people can play a part in the meeting and it becomes more efficient the whole way through and Mm -hmm. isn't such a drag. Completely agree. I mean, what we do is internally and then advise externally is you have, you put in, you start, you send out the agenda the night before, just bullet points, people have it, they know it's gonna be brought up. Meeting starts, there's five minutes of chit-chat, 30 minutes later, ding-dong. It'll usually be about 35 minutes of the meeting, but it's closed off. And anything that has to be dealt with urgently is brought like, onto another meeting later on. And anything that can be held onto till the following week is just delayed till then. And, it's, and people get used to it. And they, initially, we all laughed going, we won't be able to do it. But at half past or 30 minutes past the hour, um, you can leave because you've given half an hour and there's you've been told I only need half an hour's time I think and that way people are motivated to get in and get out if you've got your stuff ready you're ready to roll and you can have a very efficient uh, we call it our Fergus we call him the German efficient man (laughs) with the meetings because he just is like that's it done finished I like that so creating essentially creating a social norm that after, Hey, if it's a 30 minute meeting after 30 minutes, you can log off with no repercussions, no anything. And all of a sudden, if you're on a meeting and you're being long, people just start dropping off. It would take a little getting used to, but it puts something in the employee's hands, which is a sense of autonomy and just a little bit of power. And we know uh, from Kuzas and Posner, the leadership challenge that the paradox of power is that in order to, 
become powerful, you have to give power away. So this could be something to explore for managers, something to consider where if you have a 30 minute meeting or whatever the length is, let your employees know, hey, at 30 minutes, it is okay to log off. We're not going to think anything differently of you. It'll actually start to keep us in check. And eventually we'll learn through habit and through that enforcing of the social norm that we need to stick to the meeting at this, the meeting time. Agreed. And I think that if, and it'll take employees a bit of courage as well to log off, but I think it, it means that the next meeting has to be more efficient because if you're going to lose people and they're gone, because you, you know yourself, you will have employees who go, okay, that's half an hour. They said half an hour, I'm gone. There's no repercussions. Uh, others will like, oh, oh, I'll hover a little bit, but they're always going to hover. Like they're the ones who'll still be in the office at 6.30 when everyone's gone at 4.30, you know, yeah. so. And that's again, that, that, that works. because That's a personal choice and that's still their autonomy. I like it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so, and I, and maybe there's your um, game changer um, for people managing their days a little bit more with power and a bit more choice and, yeah. So before, before we go, there's another thing, I think, in terms of the, the meeting time, if you're, if let's, let's say that we're, let's say that we're working to get donations for the, uh, the, the, the puppy, the puppy fund. Okay. So we mm-hmm. can go and we can, Hey, would you like to donate to the puppy fund? And people might say yes or no. Then yeah. you might say, would you donate a couple dollars to the puppy fund? And it's easy for people to say no. But if you say, would you donate $2 and 53 cents to the puppy fund? What that does is it gets people to stop and think it puts a, it, it, it's, you got, they got the wheel spinning, but it puts a, uh, a wrench in the spokes and it stops their mind. And they're thinking $2.53, even if for a split second, you grab their attention. So there is Val, and I've done this in meetings for years, and I find it very effective to have not just a 30 minute meeting. And this, again, it will sound odd and uncomfortable, but usually things that are effective in our lives start out that way to have a 31 minute meeting or a 32 minute meeting or a 37 minute meeting, because you have such a sharp ending point that people take notice to it. And it's, it's much easier to stick to something that is that odd number, just as in, in salary negotiation, you know, how, you know, uh, how much, how much are you looking for with this new position? You know, you don't say uh, $110,000, you say a hundred and 115, uh, 115, $115,500. So, People, it's you have a calculation. There's something there that got to that specific number. So if you keep it at a 37-minute meeting, Sarah, do you think that that would help people focus more on the ending time of the meeting and actually stick to it? Well, I'm completely going off point here, but this makes me laugh because when I lived in the States, there used to be a pub in Manhattan um, on 3rd Avenue and 33rd Street. So we'd always say 33rd and 3rd. So I'm thinking 33 and the Americans used to go wild the way we would say 33 and a third. Um, when you'd hop in the taxi, you go, we'll go to 33 and third. Um, so I'm thinking for an Irish person <laughs> working in America, they could be the 33 minutes um, meeting gurus and that the Americans will all go, oh, the way they say 33. 
Um, but anyway, yes, I do think it works because you'll always be remembered. They may not remember your name, but they'll always remember you for the, the 37th meeting um, owner. Or and, it, and even if it's, you know, maybe the meet in the lift in the morning going up to the office going, oh, God, we've got the 37 minute meeting. They've remembered it um, because, they, you know, it's logged something in their head that's different to the norm. Um, and I think it only takes a jerk to set people off, uh, you know, just kind of make them like a little bit more alert to it. And if it's a 37 minute meeting, they still might not look forward to it, but they know it's only going to last 37 minutes. Exactly. And then they'll say to each other, they'll go, and I'm leaving that meeting at 37 minutes. Wait, he'll have to see me leave out the door. And go. <laughs> <laughs> Which creates the engagement that everyone's looking for. <laughs> good, good. So if, People want to get a hold of you, Sarah. How can they do that? Uh, if you get, you'll get me on Sarah with the H at futureowork.com. And um, I will be delighted to see them or on LinkedIn. I'm readily uh, accessible on LinkedIn as well. Okay. So Sarah with an H at futureowork.com or on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's uh, excellent. And this is Dr. Jeremy Lookabog, Critical Conversations and Negotiations Coach as well as industrial organizational psychology consultant. You can also reach my website at termboot.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. We will see you again. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Cookie, a Seabock podcast. Don't forget to sign up at seabock.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from experts. Would it be a bad idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away? Don't forget to check out our corporate, career boost, recruiter, and even student memberships at seabock.com.